Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who's been very, very naughty. Hello all, welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is your festive roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show I'll be sending you off into the holiday season with a Christmas special. Yes, I've got Christmas themed sex positions, clips from some of my favourite interviews of the year and your office party dilemmas. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review or at least subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you're ready because I'm about to ho, ho, ho and ready to slay. Oh, hello, dear listener. Look at this. It's our Christmas special. Oh, so how could I leave you for the holly bobs and not give you some happy endings to remember me by? I have, against my better judgment, scraped the bottom of the metro.co.uk barrel to bring you some festive positions to try between courses. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, just think of it as my own brand of stuffing to see in your extra thick gravy. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, let's start. We're going to start with rocking around the Christmas tree. Have you heard of any of these? Now, with this one, one person sits on the floor with their legs stretched out in front of them. Are you picturing that? The other one sits on top facing their partner and wrapping their legs around them like a little Christmas wreath. Oh, then you've got to try more of a a rocking motion rather than bouncing or thrusting. And this article says, look into each other's eyes for intensity. But I would say just watch the door so your in-laws don't walk in. Jingle bells. Now, this one is apparently a lazy sex position that still jingles those bells. So one partner lies on their back with their bum facing towards the penetrating partner and knees bent and thrown over their partner's thighs. Are you picturing that? It's a little bit Tetrisy. Uh, now, apparently, the other person lies on their side with both legs bent and slightly apart so they can thrust at a leisurely pace. And apparently, your hands are free so you can add in some additional stimulation. This one is quite good because you're both on the floor and on your side. So it is quite nice after those more hefty courses. If you've had a, a few too many roses... <laughs> Uh, This one, however, is going to be a bit more extreme. It is called Riding Santa's Sleigh. So picture you're in a doggy position, okay? But apparently with this one, rather than just being in doggy and the other person behind, one person is on all fours and the other person just just gets on top. (laughs) Just climb on top with your legs either side and your feet on the floor or on the bed, penetrating while resting a hand on their partner's shoulders. (laughs) 
Now, as ever, I can only recommend going to see the visuals of these over on metro.co.uk. If only so you can explain to your chiropractor what you've been up to. What do you want from a Christmas-themed sex position? Are you looking for something quick and convenient so you can get back to the party? Or have you got the space and the time to go all out? You know, treat yourself. Let me know how it goes. And now I want you to snuggle under your blanket, light some candles and settle in for Auntie Miranda's sexy story time. Twas the week before Christmas and I got an email from Metro saying take the day off because we're doing a clip show. But with so many podcasts, with such fabulous guests, how can I choose which ones are the best? Let's reach in my stocking and make an extra strong wish that I can learn how to flirt with the legend Gene Smith. Well, I'm trying to get my head around the fact that you actually are a great flirt, a natural flirt. You're warm and you're open. These are key attributes to being a good flirt. So I don't understand. There seems like a disconnect why you can't do this in real life. And I'm asking you because I'm sure this is a lot of people can relate to this. I think it's the self-conscious part. I feel really self-conscious going up to someone in a bar and just starting that that conversation. Yeah. So this is about not not writing the whole story in the first second, right? So, oh, if I, if I go up to that person, then this is going to happen. Then they're going to say this and this and this. And you've just written this entire story and it's not even real. That's exactly what I do. That's yeah, exactly A it. lot of people do. You're in good company. Oh. So it's about just being in the moment. You know, we all hear about how great the present is. It's especially good for flirting. Mm. It's about being in that exact moment and just starting with like, hello, or, oh, what, what are you drinking? Like starting with such a tiny, tiny, tiny baby step and staying at that tiny baby step mm. until the next thing happens. And that's why in real life, because I'm IRL as well, that's why it's so much more fun and exciting because anything could happen if you just keep staying in each moment, moment to moment to moment. What's a good starter? What's a good thing? So you, you, you're in the present, you've walked up to that gorgeous person at the bar, What's a good starter? It's looking at the surroundings and asking them a question that has to do with the context that you're both in. Because another element of flirting, it's about creating a reality for just the two of you, Mm. especially like a good flirting encounter, right? It's just the two of you. Everyone else disappears. So it's even starting with that idea. Again, you don't have to take it too far yet. So you look at the context. Where are you? Let's say you're at a bar. What, what is this person drinking? Okay, why is it blue? So then you say, oh, that's interesting drink. Why is, why is that blue? What's in there? That's it. So who's next on my list? What about Pieter Beke when he explained on the show why dicks look like shiitake? There's different kinds of mushrooms. Huh? You have mushrooms with a very big head, mushrooms with a small head. But anyway, the fact that the head is bigger than the shaft has a reason. Because this creates, in a regular intercourse, a penis and a vagina. This will create a vacuum and will clean the way. Because in the vagina, there is acid fluid. And that's not good for sperm. So by having intercourse, you remove the acid fluid and you you clear the way for the sperm. And another thing, in times when intercourse with many partners was normal, 
you clean away the sperm from the one that was before you so that your sperm can go faster to the to the egg so the mushroom form of the penis is to clean the way to get your sperm a free way to the uterus what? so it's like a little sort of scouring brush yes yeah, like, like yeah correct it's it's really it's creating a vacuum eh? it's it's really cleaning cleaning the whole way out eh? because it's larger it makes yeah. It sucks the acid fluid and the sperm of the one who was before away and it makes the way free for your sperm. Do you know what I like about that? I like that it's <laughs> nature's way of saying it's okay to have multiple partners. I think. Of course, that's... <laughs> there are animals who have sperm that becomes as hard as concrete. Mm. Then the next one's sperm can no, go, can no, no more pass. That's the yeah. way to protect And I love a dominatrix, so grand and defiant, like Miss Sandy Starr when she chatted about clients. When they come to me, a lot of them have got inner fetishes that they want to explore and they want to do it in a safe environment. And this is exactly where they come. And that could be anything from them wanting, you know, strap on. They could be cross dressers. There's so many different things, humiliation, spanking, restraining, and some some of them at the other end of the spectrum, what I've got are clients who want to try it out. Now, I wouldn't consider myself a I'm not sadistic. I don't nail people's balls to pieces of wood. <laughs> I would love to do I that. I would do that. Oh, yeah. I would love so if to anyone's do that. listening and they want that, like put a high heel and try. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What I think, and this is what I was talking about earlier, about getting into the heads, you've got to understand what it is that they're looking for. A lot of them want you to start the role play from the minute you open the door. So there's no kind of, hi, how are you? Sometimes there is, but a lot of the time, you know, they've got this thing in their head. They need to flush it out. So they come to see me. They get it out. And then they go and they go back to their normal lives and they can cope again. They need to come in here and be able to feel that they can just lose control and be controlled by someone. And that's that's the connecting point is they want to be controlled. You know, their their message to me is very clear. You are in control. It is all role play. It is all acting. In fact, I've got an Oscar right behind me. <laughs> she does. She does. I, fun. I just have I just have so much fun. And I, I really do think that a lot of the time these men come in here and sometimes, you know, this is a sex industry. Let's not make any bones about it. Girls can have bad experiences that are working and customers can also have bad experiences. But when they come in here and they realise how seriously I take this job and how seriously I take the role play, I think it genuinely, I mean, pardon the pun, but it genuinely blows them away. I need more tips from Miss Fox, who is my new inspiration since she became a millionaire through financial domination. So I think actually in probably the last 10 years or so, it's gone under a little bit of a maybe a rebranding. So the original financial domination was literally um, controlling a man's finances. It was very, as I say, a heterosexual thing. 
where you would control a man's outgoings, his incoming, like his income, you would say, right, okay, this is for me, this is for you, obviously majority to me, <laughs> a little bit for you to, to just about survive. Um, but nowadays, and we, we shorten it to findom, findom, whatever your accent is, financial, so taking the, the fin from financial and the dom from domination, findom, putting it together, where it can be a very hard and fast, like real sort of quick thing where you're just taking money from a man and telling him, go away and find some more. And he's like, yes, mistress, of course, I'll go do that. So, yeah. you know, and to be honest, I quite prefer that because men are hard work. <laughs> they don't they don't think that they're hard work. They think, oh, my God, women are so complicated. No, men no. are so hard work because they haven't fully identified their own feelings and emotions yet, as we know. Um, and they can be very, very needy. My God so needy so I like Findon because they they know they only have one job and that's to yeah. give me money so <laughs> I I very much like that it gives them a sense of purpose as well they're also getting my attention in that time so the funny thing you always get is oh aren't you taking advantage of that person no because we actually are very happy with what's mm. happening and why are you so concerned with what me and this other person is doing you should be concerning yourself and people talk about taking advantage of someone. You, if you're not getting paid enough in your job, you're already being taken advantage yeah. of, always being taken advantage of by the governments, by yeah. the systems. There are plenty of other people out there that are taking advantage of you. So don't worry about what me and a stranger are doing. But we're not just here for sex. We like relationships too. I love solid advice that we can all cling on to. When it comes to keeping love going, when life seems such a haul, here's some wise words of wisdom from drag king Adam All. Um, now, you were just saying about how your partner, the lovely Apple, you work with Apple and you work together, you live together, you perform together and working together on stage. Do you, is that part of the acts? Yeah, absolutely. We really love playing with um we love playing with this, the dynamic of a sort of heteronormative couple and <laughs> flipping flipping some of those concepts around. That's really quite quite a lot of the centre of, of what we like to do as, as a couple on stage. It's fantastic working with my wife. Probably not fantastic is uh, how many costumes we have. And when someone gets an idea at two o'clock in the morning and goes, oh, 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 wake up. <laughs> I've got this great idea. It's hard to switch off, I think, is the thing, because we get very excited about what we do. So we're constantly... Um, coming up with plans in the middle of dinner or halfway around trying to have an off time but no off is not really an option for us but otherwise it's it's really fantastic that's amazing look we're not just about like sex and everything else we're about relationships as well so you're married to apple you work together live together you've been through lockdown together which was a time when most people who were living together wanted to kill each other so (laughs) how have you kept that alive well we've been together for 11 years um married for three in august so we're quite long in the tooth we have our relationship Mm. is based on a really amazing fundamental Mm. truth and that's that both of us want it to work and we we came to this very early on very very early on oh gonna give it everything and because we believe that of each other it's very easy to overcome any sort of minor argument because we know that underneath the other person is just trying to make it work we we work on our relationship a lot. We work on on spending time together, giving each other space. We work on treating each other and um, spoiling each other. And <laughs> who is the strong one and who is the one in a crumpled heap on the floor? We're, we're 
pretty much inseparable. We like to do everything together. When we're not together, we're messaging each other to make sure the other one's all right. I think we're a really good team. We each have skills the other doesn't. Mm. So we, we both we both bring a lot to the table. I don't think I could manage without her. Through lockdown, it was actually really kind of wonderful mm. to spend so much time focusing on us and our relationship and our lives outside of work. And we did a lot of that. But the greatest advice that I pass on to all was from Adnand Patel about the great pelvic floor. When I saw you talking, you mentioned the little magic little muscle in your body. And we've also heard about it from previous guests as well. The pelvic floor. Yes. One of my favourite floors. Loves- I love a ground floor. I love a top floor. Love a pelvic floor. <laughs> well, it didn't. Well, obviously, it didn't used to be a floor, did it? It used to be a back wall because we used to be walking on all fours. And so actually it was kind of a back wall. And as such, it, it's oh. it's having to carry a lot of weight now because it's got to carry all of our pelvic organs yeah. as we stand upright. Equally, it's got to let our poo go through it. Um, and it's also got to let, well, potentially a baby go through it, but uh, depending on uh, you know what, what organs you have. Um, so actually it can get quite stretched. Um, and like all muscles, if yeah. you train them, then they are actually more functional. If you leave them to their own devices and let them get wrecked, um, uh, either by lack of use or by, for example, misuse, um, then what can happen is, unfortunately, mm. the muscles don't contract very well uh, and this wall can sag a bit. Okay. And if this wall, this, this sort of basement is now sagging, sadly, the internal organs that were being held up now sag as well. Right. And so, uh, so for example, if you've got a vagina, um, the, the bowel can sag into the vagina, the, the, the womb can descend into the vagina, causing a prolapse, or you can have the bladder moving as well. And so uh, you know, pelvic floor exercise kind of hoik all of this stuff back up, improving you know, uh, function in terms of uh, passing urine, improving your uh, bowel function uh, and, and can improve your sex life. So what's not to love? What about for men? Can it can it really improve their their erection? We heard that it was, doesn't elongate, but it can. So so when you contract, so there is, about a third of the penis is actually within the body. Mm. So the start of the penis is within the body, and then the last bit of it just pokes out rather embarrassingly. <laughs> um, and so that and, and that first root bit obviously has got the pelvic floor nearby. So when you contract the pelvic floor, it squeezes near there, and that can squeeze more blood into the penis, and it can also lift it up a bit. Um... So it gives you a kind of bit more sort of a, a tension. Um, equally, it gives you a bit more filling, and it also in some people allows them to control their sexual enjoyment because um, the pelvic floor movement in people um, actually uh, is recognized by the brain as one of it's kind of interpreted as a sign of a good orgasm so it, so when people orgasm there's kind of two separate processes one's what's happening in your genitals and the rest of the body and two is the cerebral event of orgasm which is enjoyed in the brain only cerebral event brilliant it's a good kind of cerebral event, <laughs> not a kind of stroke kind of cerebral event. i know there's stroking happening somewhere <laughs> Fantastic. So, yes, there probably is. So the, you've got the vinegar strokes happening down there. And what's happening is, is that your pelvic floor is, is, is bouncing up and down. You've got curly fingers and curly toes, hopefully as well. Um, carpopedal spasm, as it's known, curly toes, which people get when they're enjoying uh, sort of that, that moment. Now, information is going up the spinal cord to the brain going, this is quite jolly. <laughs> so interpret this as pleasure. And so you get the sense of orgasm. Now, the more the amplitude, often the more fun you feel. Now, if you've got damaged pelvic floor or you've got a weak pelvic floor, then you might not really get the amplitude okay. of movement. And so in the brain, you might get, oh, 
That was nice. Oh. Maybe we should have a cup of tea. So if you can have a good pelvic floor, a good pelvic floor movement, not only is it going to hold the organs where they should be, but actually equally, it may well increase your enjoyment of sexual pleasure. You'll be able to also be able to do some squeezing. So you know, if, if, if you've got, you know, for example, if you've got a vagina and a penis is coming in and you want to do a mm. bit of squeezing as it goes in and out, that can be fun for both of you. Um, so actually having a good pelvic floor allows that because the pelvic floor is kind of shaped like, shaped mm. like a figure eight. And you've got the bottom part wrapped around your anus and you've got the top part wrapped around your vagina. So if you can train them, then actually you are controlling, you've got much more control of your bowels and much more control of your uh, vagina or yeah, penis. With one last reach in my fun bags for some listeners' delights, let me say happy Christmas to all and to all a smut-filled good night. Oh, 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 hoes. <laughs> oh, did you like that? I made up a little poem and everything. Happy Christmas, everyone. Now, I have been collecting your office party gossip dilemmas and causes of post-party hangxiety. And have we got some bangers for you? And if you are feeling the stress of anxiety after a massive party mishap of any sort, then just remember that according to a survey by the NY Post, 40% of employees will witness some piece of office drama and 30% will see some sort of intra-office hookup. And one in three of you is going to do something immediately regrettable before the night ends anyway. So you are not alone. However... Let's have a laugh at all the people who are feeling at their worst right now. So this one, my first dilemma, this is from Charlie. They have emailed in to say, on the two days a week that I'm dragged into the office, two male co-workers are also there. Boy A is fun, good looking and a massive flirt. And I always hope it's only with me, but I doubt it. Oh, come on, Charlie. Have a bit of gumption about yourself. But they go on to say that boy B seems to always come into the kitchen when I'm there. He tries his best, but he just hasn't got the chat, babes. Oh, no. With the office party coming up, I'm worried the hormones will take over and I'll try bagging both. Auntie Miranda, should I do it? <gasps> a threesome? Ooh, are you looking for an office threesome? No, you fool. Don't do it. Look, a party is a great time to see what boy A is up to. Does he flirt with everyone there? Are you the only one who catches his eye? That will say a lot. So if he hangs around with you for most of the night, then go for it. But if you don't get any attention, then don't, please, for the love of God, don't start using boy B as some sort of comfort blanket. Just leave him be. Let him live his life. Or maybe you could try asking him out for coffee. Maybe he's a bit more chatty when it's just the two of you. But a threesome? <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, and on to the next one. And this one has decided to remain anonymous, which uh, I'm not really surprised about. <laughs> But they said, at my works party, I offered to go down on the payroll guy if he gave me a cheeky pay bump. How can I look him in the eye? Oh, I suspect you're not the only one. 
and he probably hears that all the time. I don't think you've got anything to worry about there. You can absolutely put that down to the Jaeger bombs. That is not something you need to lose any sleep over. I go, <laughs> I ask my payroll guys if I can give them a blowjob for a cheeky pay bump all the time. So you're not alone. And this next one from Kelly, uh, she says, I was sick in a tote bag that I left in my bottom drawer. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, and she says, I'm not due back until the new year. <laughs> Do I blame or claim? <gasps> you claim it, Kelly. You claim it. Oh, honestly, just do it now. See if you can get in there as soon as you can to try and get it out, clean it up, burn the bag. But you have to do it. Otherwise, if that goes on to the cleaners, there's going to be messages from HR. The office manager is going to get involved. He's just going to escalate. <laughs> and I don't know how good of an actress you are, but you have to claim it. <laughs> and this next one, it's all from, <laughs> these ones are all from girls. I love it. Uh, so this is Emma and she says, I got a bit too drunk, a bit too horny and called my very sober boyfriend whilst I was in the toilets and started talking dirty to him. What I didn't realise was half the marketing team were also in the toilets. Any advice? Oh, Emma, if they're in marketing, they've done a lot worse. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did you not know they were in the toilets as well? If you were that drunk, you probably weren't talking as dirty as you thought you were anyway. So I, I think you're going to be fine. Oh, dear. You have gotten yourselves into some scrapes, haven't you? I cannot wait until next year. So on our next episode, we're doing New Year's resolutions. What are yours? Are there any kinks you want to explore? Any filthy things you're determined to get up to? Let me know. Let's see if we can help you. You can slide into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for Metro.co.uk. If you want to leave me a nice Christmas present, then please, please give me a nice review. That is all I want in my stocking. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears in two weeks' time. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, name it after me.